Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So this morning I'd like to conclude the message or the message series, the series God's Manual for Success. And it's going to be kind of catchy and simple though, the, the, the points this morning. And I've borrowed from several ministers over the years, but God has also spoken to me as well. And they're very, very important points that you can find in God's Word. And I will back it up with Scripture. All right? So, once again, if you want to be successful in life, you've got to stay in the Word. You've got to get in the Word. God has answers for everything in there. He does. He has answers for everything. People, those who say it doesn't work, have never consistently been in the Word. And they have not walked in faith according to the word. So I just want to say right now, the world can't figure things out apart from scripture. Let me just give you some examples. This is the world doing it their way. Okay. The book of James says that wisdom that is not of God is sensual and devilish. What does that mean? It's based on feelings and it also comes from the devil. If it's not of God, it's from the devil. So right now, this is strange. Not that we want to strike fear in your hearts, but just so the, the world, I mean, we got to discuss things like this. Even our government right now has mentioned that we are under 25 days from running out of diesel fuel in the United States. What? America? Nobody's ever seen anything like that here. None of us. Even my dad. Dad's 74. He's never seen anything like that. If that happens, think about it. They can't get stuff to the shelves. You'd have to go trains, I guess, but then they would be slow. The supply lines will be messed up. They keep blaming everything on what happened during COVID, but I want to tell you right now, what it really was, was a scheme of the enemy, number one. And number two, it was man's wisdom for dealing with problems, and they created more problems. That's why, even though this sermon series ends today, I pray it never ends for your lives that you would always, 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 it'll never end as your manual for success, and you would always seek him in his word. Can you imagine? Under 25 days, and we could run out of diesel fuel. That's, that sounds strange, and that sounds impossible, but I'm telling you, it's people without God's wisdom. Now, something like that happens, it's gonna, hopefully it's going to turn a lot of people to God, and it's other people, it's going to turn them into I don't know what else. But I pray it turns people toward God. This is wisdom to the wise this morning. If you ever run into problems, don't run from God. Run to God. Don't run from God, brothers and sisters. Run to God. So talking about wisdom and the world, and, and the, here's one more thing. Here's man's wisdom. I say mankind's wisdom because it's men and women making these mistakes. They're so worried about global warming, right? So worried about global warming and have fought against fossil fuels, which is oil, right? Things made from oil as products of oil, petroleum. They're now predicting that in Britain this year, this is England, a first world country, not a third world country, okay? This is not Sri Lanka. This is Britain. This is England. They're now predicting because of the shortage of heating fuel that 10,000 of their citizens will freeze to death this winter. What world are we living in? That's mankind's wisdom apart from God's manual for success, which is the word. So it's not to freak you out, but it's to keep you awake and let you know that things are not getting better in the world. They're getting worse, but your lives can get better as you seek God in his word. Someone say, my life is going to get better. 
As long as you stay in the Word, man, I promise it will. It, would always, it will always be onward and upward. So today I want to begin with my first point. This will keep you straight. This comes straight from God's Word, and that is how can I be successful in life? How can I apply God's wisdom? You've got to pray. Someone say pray. You say, man, I came to Sunday service to learn something new I've never heard today. Well, we'll go into something you've never heard maybe when we start doing the basics that we already know. This is for everybody. This is a reminder to everybody. Many folks start to get away from God and his plan, and they stray from his word when they lead a life of prayerlessness. Someone said years ago, much wiser man than me, said prayerlessness at its root is pride. You think you can do it without God? Oh, no. I, th- I don't think it deep down you think that, and I don't. The times I've been prayerless. Let's go to John 15, 5. What does that say? I love this verse. I quote it all the time. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce how much fruit? Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus himself, he said that. People say, well, is that in one of the epistles? No, Jesus himself said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So don't try to lead a life disconnected from God. You don't want that. And a big way that we disconnect from God is through prayerlessness. So we've got to pray. Let's go to Matthew 26, 41. Look at what Jesus told his disciples. Right before he was crucified, he was praying with them in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. How many times do you know deep down because of your spirit, man, you say, man, I need to get in the word, right? The inside of you says, man, I need to pray. The inside of you says, man, I need to act right. The inside of you says, man, I need to forgive. But then that so-and-so shows up again, I don't know who, and you're mad at him, and you talk mean to him again. You say something crazy. Say, man, I, I really wanted to do right. Well, Jesus explains it. He says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak, so you need to keep watch and pray. You've got to pray. You've got to stay in God's word. You've got to do the basics. I'm a basics preacher. Those who have been in this church for any amount of time, you know that I preach the basics. Nothing too deep. It's got to be simple enough so that I can apply it. If it was as complicated as the Old Testament, I've talked to you about this before, we'd be having a hard time, wouldn't we? Some of us might make it, but maybe not. It'd be tough. So you've got to pray, man. You've got to pray. You've got to walk in prayer. You've got to make a habit. You've got to make an appointment with God every day to pray. I pray every day when I fit in my Bible time. And I should, I should use a better phrase than fit in. When I plan for my Bible time every day, I pray. Why? Well, it's just simple. I talk to God. One man of God years ago, he said, man, when I pray, I don't let myself get distracted from God. If my mind wanders about my golf game or something else, he said, I talk to God about my golf game. Talk to him about everything. Say, man, I got to work out tomorrow. Lord, help me do that. I don't want to go. I I don't know if I can handle it. Oh, man, I got an appointment. I got a tough deal. I've got this. Just praise him. The highest form of prayer is praise, and you can do that right now. Watch this. Raise your hands. You ready? Ready? This is the highest form of praise. Just tell the Lord you love him. Go ahead. Just praise him. Father, we praise you today. We thank you, God. We praise you because you're faithful. Look at that. You just prayed. Look how easy that was. So if you're praying, you get a little distracted. Say, man, something comes to my mind. Just pray about it. Say, man, she frustrated me. He frustrated me, man. I don't know how. I don't know about this job, man. It's tripping me out. I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. Just pray about it. 
Scripture says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything and thank Him for the answers. Another text says, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. Pray all the time. You ever see me moving my lips? Say, is Matt talking to himself? Yeah, me and God. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God. I'm always praying. I'm always talking to God about stuff. And that is our baseline is prayer. Now, our next point is the basis for everything as a believer. It's the basis for everything. And this word may irritate you, but I'm going to borrow from a preacher I heard this week. If this word irritates you, then you may have a heart issue that needs dealing with. But here, look at this word. And I'm not talking about obey some weirdo or obey. No, obey the perfect God. Obey his word. Someone say obey. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And it's easy for us to say, man, that is good. That's good. We want to do that. Remember that previous point? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? We know the things we need to be doing. So we need to obey God. And many of you would say, but Pastor Matt, I gave up the world. I gave up this. I gave up drinking. I gave up drugs. I gave up running around doing all, you know, all this crazy stuff. But let me give you this verse. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Look at this one. But Samuel replied, one of the great, great men of God of the Old Testament. He said, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? People say, I gave all this stuff up for God. Yeah, but are you obeying him? In true sacrifice, there will be obedience. And in true obedience, there will be true sacrifice. You're going to give up some things. You just are. There are folks in your life right now that they're not going to the next level with you. They're not. And you've tried your best. you tried to force them. I've told people over the years, even in my Bible study, say, men, I can't want it for you more than you want it for yourselves. And I have a habit of doing that. I'm like, I'm so excited. Man, you want to serve God? Let's serve God. And they don't, it's like, well, yeah, I do, but to a point. Many people are in a race to become nominal believers. Many people are rushing to just do the minimum to escape something. So I just want to escape my past. I don't know, man. I don't really want to. No, get to the place where you obey God. Said obedience is better than sacrifice. Isn't that amazing? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Someone say obedience is best. God's never going to ask you to do something that is messed up. It may seem crazy to your mind, but God's always going to have your best interests at heart, isn't he? Always. I remember the, the old song. I don't remember who sang it. It might have been Dottie Ramble or somebody. Old gospel. Old gospel music said, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And I believe that to this day. I believe that. I believe that when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. God always has your best interest in mind. People say, I don't want to serve God. He's going to make me do something I don't want to do. Part of that may be true that you don't want to do it, but trust me, once you do obey him, his will is best. I, man, I ran from the ministry for years on and off. I said, God, man, if you'll just bless me, I'll tithe double if I don't have to go into the ministry. I knew what the ministry was. I grew up in a pastor's home. I knew it was rewarding and powerful and amazing and good, but I knew it wasn't easy. Dad will tell you, no, everything's easy. But I'm just telling you from my, my, my viewpoint is, man, that's just, of course, he fought in a war, though, right? Everything's easy now. Combat veteran. I mean, I told Jim one time, I said, man, how does Dad do that? She said, he was in a war, babe. Yeah, that's true. Dad had bullets flying at him and stuff. 
But I, I remember thinking, man, I don't want the ministry. I grew up in the ministry. I've been part of the ministry my whole life. I'll, I'll tithe double. <laughs> you know, and dad, dad was smart. He never forced us in anything. Never. He let us tell him we were called, and then he confirmed it. But he used to tell us growing up, he said, hey, make good money and just serve God. Make money, run a business, give tithes, come to church. You serve God. Don't worry about that. you got to hear from God on that. If you're called, you're called. If not, great. But you serve God. Everybody's called to serve. How many of you know that? Everybody's called to serve. Someone say obey. All right. So I'm going to mess with you now for a minute. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Showed a, showed a sermon uh, at my Bible study, a video, this past Tuesday night. And this has really been at the forefront of my mind because this is, it shouldn't be a debate amongst believers. People will tell you, well, Creflo Dollar is saying now you don't need to tithe. And, and I, I, I don't know what Creflo Dollar is doing, but that, that's between him and God. Because a few years ago, he was talking about you had to tithe to help buy him a jet. I'm being real. I'm not making fun. I'm giving you facts. I love Creflo Dollar. He helped to form some early parts of my life with some of the few words I heard him speak on television. And here's a dangerous thing. If you take away the standard of giving from some people, they won't give it all. You know how humans are. Sometimes it's still a struggle for some of us in here or those on the live stream. You say, man... It's tough. I'm still, I'm still disciplining myself to tithe. Man, not us. It's just I pay it like a bill. It comes off the top. God gets his. He gave me life. I can give him 10% of my income. And, and the question, do I give him my gross? Do I give him my net? Give him 10% of your income. That's between you and God. Some say, man, man, they've already taken taxes out. I'm going to tithe my 10% now. That's fine. Give 10%. You will notice that God changes your life around. Now, the other side of it, man, you open the door to all kinds of demons when you don't give to God. You do. He can have his way with you. He can have his way. You say, yeah, but God has given us authority in the New Testament. Uh-huh. But authority comes with responsibilities. And one of those is you got to do what Jesus said. Did you know Jesus said to tithe in the, in the New Testament? People try to get around that. So no, but he's talking to the Pharisees. Come on, man. He's talking to everybody. Why would that change? And here's what people don't realize. It was possibly, if you calculate and look at everything, hard to get an exact number on this, but in the Old Testament, the Jews were blessed, and Jesus, I say Jesus, the Lord God Almighty asked them to tithe and give way more than 10%. If you really look at all their festivals and the first fruits and everything they gave, they gave well over 20%. You say, man, that's stressful. I will tell you this right now. My wife and I, I can't give you the exact percentage, but we give well over 10%. We do because we believe in what God is doing here. We believe what God is doing here. And some people say, well, I don't tithe here. I mean, I come to this church, but I tithe. I give my tithe to somebody on TV. Well, that's okay, but you tithe where you're fed. And I, I want to tell people right now, maybe no one in here. And tithing isn't paying for this, but I'm just saying it all goes together. This may be for someone on the live stream. Try to call one of the people you tithe to on t television and ask them to do a funeral for you. See if they show up and do the funeral for you. No, I'll be here to do the funeral if you want. Or Pastor Fabian or Pastor John. Or say, I want to do a wedding. You, you, you've been... Hey, and you can, don't get me wrong, don't misunderstand me. You should give. You should give to ministries. Give to Joyce Meyer if you want. But you should tithe 10% at your home church so you'll be blessed. 
That's just the way God did it. It's real simple. Keeps everything taken care of. Because people have obeyed over the years and God, God has, has worked through mom and dad when they founded this ministry, this is a debt-free church. The whole block belongs to the church. It's free. It's debt-free. But it still takes money to run things. But we're never going to beg for money because that's not what it's about. It's about you overcoming greed. It's about you being close to God and about you being obedient to God. And I'm going to tell you, as a longtime believer, if you don't tithe, I promise there are other problems going on in your life right now. I promise you will bring the curse down. It may show up in a marriage. It may show up with the kids. It may show up, man, I need to get into Malachi because I'm ready to go off. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. How's the temperature in here? Everybody okay? It's hot to some people? Brother man, what do you think? Let's negotiate. I would say whatever it's on, turn it to cool, and then turn it one degree lower than whatever it is. Some are like, I'm fine, and lately I think I've been hormonal or something. <laughs> Men don't get hot flashes, do they? <sighs> I just want to be hot for my wife. I like dad jokes. Okay, thanks for the courtesy laugh. Okay, we good? Thank you, sir. Let's just start cooling us off here. So look at how, look at how God begins here. I want, you to, I want you to look at these screens. Look at this. Take this seriously. Should people cheat God? This is God asking the question. When God asks a question, you need to perk up those little ears because he already knows the answer. Remember when he asked Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? He said, uh, where are you? You think, oh, God, God lost them in the garden. He didn't know where they were. No, he's making a point. Should people cheat God? Ah, he says, yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Hmm, you've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You think Jesus came and that went out the door? That's not the Bible that I read. That's why we got to read the whole Bible. Someone say the full counsel. Yeah, the full counsel of God's word. That's why in Proverbs, I brought this up, I think last week or the previous week. In Proverbs, it says, don't answer a fool when they're speaking foolishly. But the next verse, it says, answer a fool when they're speaking foolishly. You say, the Bible's contradicting itself. It means there's a time and a place for everything. Look at that in Ecclesiastes. Okay? So right here, let me start at the beginning of that verse again, and then I will... I'll go through all of it. Should people cheat God, God asked. Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Anything less than 10% is not a tithe. A tithe is 10%. Are you with me? That's the simplest way I can put it. Say, I give tithe. I give half of 1%. That's not a tithe. That's an offering. So anything less or more than 10% is a free will offering. He's saying, man, if you don't give to me, then you cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Let's move on. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Man, he's speaking to America now. He's speaking to America now. Man, they'll argue with you about aborting babies and, and should people be trans and he can decide his gender and she can decide her gender. And man, they'll argue with you about ties. So they're trying to steal our money. I'm telling you right now, you need the blessing. I give too. My wife and I give weekly, multiple times. Anytime we get any money, we give 10% of it. If we sell something, we give 10% of it. Look at this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's here. This is a storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple, God says. He's this is Old Testament related, what he's relating this to. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, don't you love this? There's about to be a promise. If you bring your tithe and offering, look at this. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. How many of you want the windows of heaven open for you? Man, I, I see a lot in that statement right there. It means you're, 
you're going to open the windows of heaven not only for blessings but for prayers to get answered. See, I don't understand that. i got to pay to. Look, it's not about that. It's about us overcoming greed and having proper priorities and being right with God in every way. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Some of y'all are tithers. You ain't got no more room in your closets for clothes. It's time to have a garage sale. Some of y'all tithers, I know. I don't have to go look, ladies. God bless y'all. But y'all got stuff. You say, man, hey, don't be mad at me. But some of you are like, this is a size zero. I'm going to get back into that one day. Okay, let's keep going. They don't make zeros for men, but I am not getting into those 28s, 29s, no mo. Yes, there was a day. It ain't, it ain't happening anymore. It ain't happening anymore. Somebody's like, what's your waist size, Pastor Matt? I'll tell you later. I'm holding at a 32. That's, that's holding at a 32, healthy 32. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. The only place in Scripture God says this Put me to the test. Only time he says that in all of scripture, look hard. In the King James, he says, prove me. Prove me that I'm not a man that I should lie. Prove me that I'm going to keep my word. Prove me that I'm going to bless you like I always bless the Jewish people. Man, I know I got some Jewish in me. It doesn't even have to be genetic. It's because of God's word. I told my wife the other day, I said, me and you, we're so Jewish in our hearts. Everything's a deal. Everything's a deal. Say, hey, we're going to go eat out. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But on our, on our way, can we do this? Everything's a deal. Man, I'm making a deal, everything. Say, hey, man, let's, let's do this. Okay, yeah, but can we do this as well? He says, try it. Put me to the test. Hmm, let's keep going. Your crops will be abundant. Most of you aren't growing crops. Some of you have little gardens. They'll be blessed, and they have been blessed. But your bank accounts will be blessed. Your kids will be protected. Your pets will be blessed. Your properties will be blessed. Your vehicles. He says, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Let's keep going to verse 12. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Isn't that powerful? Your land will be such a delight. People will say you're blessed. Back in the day, people used to say, hey, and you know, it's a joke now. We, we, we laugh at it now. Say, man, is that a rich church on the south side? Because they'd see people had nice vehicles. Say, no, they're just blessed. You don't have to be rich to be blessed. You're just blessed. You have enough for you and your family and for those you want to bless. You want to help someone with a tank of gas, give somebody some food. Isn't that nice to have extra money to be able to do things you want to do? Take a vacation. You say, man, I don't have the money for that. You'd have enough money for a vacation if you saved up for a few months, huh? Most people do. You're blessed. Did you know even having change in your pocket means you're richer than most of the people in the entire world? There's billions of people that don't even have money in their pockets. You got change all in your house. You got jars of coins. That's why there's not enough coins out there. Y'all have been hoarding them. They said COVID did it. No, people did it. That never made sense. Because of COVID, there's not enough coins. What? I'm sorry. I don't understand why would there not be enough coins because there's a virus? What? They told me that. I remember me and Jen were like, and I looked at Jen, we were at Starbucks, and she's like, there's not enough change because of COVID. I'd be like, and this has happened. 
I've lost even more hair. I think pretty soon my whole head's going to be slick, like, like Picard on, on Star Trek. Just my hair's receding down. Can you imagine if I said, because of COVID, now I don't have any hair growing. My beard hair is coming out blue because of COVID. But anyway, people say, where did the money go? Did it leave the planet? My dad said that before. They shot it into outer space on a rocket. No, you are to be blessed. You got change at home. People say, man, I don't know where to start giving. You say, man, I'm tight this week. I've never tithed before. Go into those change buckets. Pull that out. Cash it in. Give that to God. Really, you won't even miss it. You're not using it. It's 800 pounds. Get help. Now, if your neighbors have criminal records, or don't, don't tell them you were storing coins in your house. You've got to hustle out and cover it up and just kind of go get in the car and go to the bank. But I'm just saying, man, you got, you got something to give to God. you got something to give to people. Remember those closets I talked about, that size zero? Give that away to somebody if you don't want to sell it. Let a size zero wear it. You're a size two now, right? Those of you first time at Kingsgate Church, welcome back. Welcome for the first time, whatever. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight. Man, God has done stuff in me and my wife's life. It's incredible. It's incredible. It wasn't based on our salaries. It never was. We're blessed and taken care of, but it was never based on our salaries. There's been things we got, and we, we traded. I remember when Jen, she, she wanted an envoy. She wanted a black envoy. Those of you who drive black vehicles in the desert, may the Lord bless you for lots of reasons. But Jen would used to drive past that. Remember when Permian was on Turner, she'd say, a black envoy in Jesus' name for Jen. She would confess it. Well, the opportunity came in 2008 when everything was in a recession and, and all this other stuff, and it was an economic slowdown. And somebody said, hey, we want to, I had a little rental house. They said, we want to buy the house from you, but we don't have the full down payment. We have an envoy. I said, what? Oh, I bet we can work out a deal, you know what I'm saying? We can always work out a deal. I called my wife. I said, hey, why don't you come to the church parking lot and check it out? There's a vehicle waiting out there. Let's go look at it. And she goes, are you kidding with me right now? Are you kidding with me? I go, no. Baby, they want our, this was years ago, they want our little rent house, and they want to use this as part of the down payment and then charge us. Uh, basically, we took over payments on it, and they didn't owe much. They didn't owe much on that envoy. In the midst of economic downturn, some people tell you all the time, it's the economy, it's the economy. It's not God's economy. That's mankind's economy. You want to beat what's coming? Diesel shortage, food shortage, whatever's out there, keep giving your tithes, people of God. Tithe where you are fed the word. It's that simple. I'm not hustling for here. I'm hustling for you to be blessed. This church is debt-free. It's blessed. But you've got to give tithe and offering so you'll be blessed. So my third point today is what? Pay. Don't you like how they all rhyme? I came up with that. Pray, obey, and pay. you got to pay up and you got to pray up. Make sure you're lined up with your tithe and offering. Some people say, I give my tithe once a year. I wouldn't do that. I give it when you get it. That's what I do. If it's once a month for you, I can understand that. But don't ever use that as an excuse not to give. You've got to give. You've got to give. You've got to give. Someone say pay. Yeah, Scripture commands it. Jesus said to tithe. Malachi is one of the most famous ones in Scripture about tithing and giving offerings. We don't want to rob God. You don't want to be a thief or a liar, right? That's not y'all, and that's not me. 
Now let's go to point four. Someone say stay. Uh huh. Yeah, it rhymes, I know. It's kind of clever, huh? Let's go to Psalm 92.13 in the New King James Version. Say stay. What does that mean? Like when you're telling your dog, stay, stay. Well, no, look, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Folks, man, I don't, I don't think Hobbes has gotten this revelation. I don't think a lot of believers have gotten this revelation. Find you a church and get planted there so you grow roots. 2020, my wife and I started doing some gardening type stuff. Okay, y'all can imagine me out there doing that stuff. I, I don't know much about it. My wife said, I want to do some flowers and different things. And so I learned quickly that if you transplant something, even from a pot to the ground, from the ground to the pot, it goes into shock. Some of you know about that. It'll wither. Some of you speak Spanish, you say, se puso triste, right? The plant got sad. It was sad. I don't want to see you like that. You be joyful. Serve God joyfully. But you will stay sad if you're being transplanted all the time you got to find a church home and be planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Say, man, I don't know what my talents are. Well, guess what, people of God? The best way to figure out your talents is start serving. I told you recently that social scientists and psychologists believe, behavioral psychologists, they believe that we have 500 to 700 abilities, even the average people in here. Say, Matt, does that mean you can sing? No. Maybe I can rap a little bit. I don't know. But there's things that you don't know that you can do. So you start serving and you figure it out. You start serving. You help out in children's church for a while. You did that a year. You say, okay, that ain't me, but I'm going to do something else. But I'm glad you tried it. Why? Because you're called to serve, and that's part of staying somewhere. Don't get disconnected and then blame God and the people around you. Don't you dare get disconnected. So you've got to stay planted. Someone say planted. This is the second part of that. Someone say, stay in the word. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Luke 4, 4, let's go there. New King James Version. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I think most people in here like food. Praise God, that's good. Food is, is meant for eating. That's great. But even more important than that, is you living by the Word of God. So you've got to stay in the Word. Someone say, stay in the Word. All right. And the third thing that's part of that point about staying is stay connected. You know, the enemy's favorite people to attack are those who are not connected to anyone else. And when something bad happens, what do you do? You can come to your church family. Number one, you can go to God, but you can go to your believer friends. You can come to church. You can say, man, I need prayer. We're going through this. We just lost a loved one. Man, so-and-so was in an accident. Whatever. I need a new job. All these things are for church life. Someone say church life. What are you going to do on your own? Just be lonely and feel disconnected and isolated. Many times we as humans, we isolate ourselves and then we what? We feel isolated. It happens. I know that got a, a chuckle out of some of you, but it's we push others away, and then we go, I feel lonely, and I feel rejected. God has friends for you, even in this ministry. I'm telling you right now. There are connections. You need to find a small group. We call them connect groups. We got men and women groups. They're all men or all women. But you can find you a connect group. If you don't have one, you can talk to me after the service, and we'll figure it out for you. All right? 
These are adult groups that I'm talking about. Others you say, man, I'm, I'm a teenager. Go to 512. That's an amazing youth ministry. Pastor John has been there for a long time. He and his wife, Valeria, they lead that, and they lead it well. You say, man, I don't know. My kids, I, my kids are disconnected. They don't have friends. Oh, man. Guess what? Adrian and Noe, they head up the, the King's Kids, and that is a fine ministry. That's a great place for your kids to be connected and have friends. I'm sure they have friends at school, but you want to have friends at church. I still remember the friends we made at church growing up. Some of them have become lifelong friends. So let me say it again. Someone say pray. Let's put that up there if you would. Let's do the point. Someone say pray. Say it again. Say pray. Pray. Someone say obey. Obey. Someone say pay. Pay. And then number four, someone say stay. That's right. So we got pray, obey, pay, and stay. It's all in God's manual for success. That's simple stuff. Simple stuff. Someone say simple. It's simple, but we make it difficult. All right? We make it difficult. So if you would, go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes today. I believe God had a word in there for everybody in this house. Thank you for your kind and attentive hearts and your humility to be here at church with your church family today and to hear the word humbly. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there is anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that would say, Pastor Matt, I have never, ever accepted Jesus as my Lord. If that's you today, I want to pray for you and pray with you. You say, Pastor, if I died, man, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I don't, I, I, I've never made a public confession of Jesus. Well, Scripture says there's only one way to God the Father, and that's through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You say, what am I avoiding by going to heaven? Well, when you go to heaven, you avoid hell. That's the alternative. To me, it seems a no-brainer, but not everybody sees it that way. We'll not be with our friends in hell. It's a place of isolation, solitude, torture, and eternal separation from God. So today I ask you, dear brothers and sisters, is there anyone in this house who says, I need to accept Jesus and make him Lord of my life? I want to pray the prayer. Would you raise your hand today if you've never accepted Jesus? I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to all pray together as church family. Is that anyone in here? Give you a moment. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. We're going to make sure of it, even for those on the live stream. Everyone in this house, pray this prayer like you fully believe it. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me, Lord. I'm a sinner without you. I need you. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Say, I confess and I believe that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Say, Satan is not my Lord. This world is not my Lord. Say, Jesus is my Lord. And I believe he died and rose again for me. Say, I'm saved by faith in Jesus' name. Say, I believe it is done. Now let me pray a prayer over you. You can raise your hands all over this house. I believe God had a word in there for everybody in here. You know who you are. I believe the majority majority of you heard something from God today. Let me pray this blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. May he reveal himself to you in his holy word. 
may reveal himself to you through the right relationships in this ministry and with other believers around town and in your lives. May he continue to speak to you, not only in your dreams at night and in the night season and when you wake up in the morning, but throughout the day. And may he call you to his word and convict you when you don't pray and read the word. May the spirit of conviction, the Holy Spirit, fall on you and get you into God's word where you stay and into his word where you continue to pray and pray and believe and go on to new places with him, new places in your relationship with him. Father, I thank you for your people today, their humble, receptive hearts. I speak a blessing over them, protection the blood of Jesus is over them, and I break every plan of the enemy over them, their children, their properties, their vehicles, their pets, their bank accounts. It's canceled and broken as they give their tithe and offering, starting today and the rest of their lives, so they will be blessed. That's not for me, God. I don't give a raise because they, I don't get a raise because they get more. They give more. But they will, see, folks don't realize it, Lord, but when they give tithe and offering, they automatically give a, get a raise because everything's blessed. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Those of you who are giving,